that is so cool. It's like we can play what object is this? My glasses, another set of glasses. I made Pablo, Christian, that's nice. And Dave. What's nice. the uh, somebody say the date? Uh, I think it's the seventeenth. Um, seventeenth. April seventeenth. April, yeah, that's right. I mean that's what they claim. I know. I mean Pandemic life. Pandemic life. Hashtag. Yeah. Oh. Anthropologists in the year 2099 will discover these recordings and determine the <laughs> life and times of those going through the pandemic of 2020. I like that voice, and Pablo. It shall be said. Reginald. <laughs> I say Reginald. Yes, are we at the the duck flopper? Are we at the point of um, alternate personalities here? Are we? Oh, they're always fluctuating through me. Always. (laughs) Uh, I've got uh, I've got accent envy of you of you theater people. I just think that's silly. Jump in, my brother. You just have to get in the game. Yeah, you know, part of it it might just be. you just have to not be worried how it sounds. I mean, yeah. I do so many terrible accents so <laughs> frequently. Yeah, you have to give up your dignity for once. Okay. Yes. Oh, uh, I know how to do if So um, <laughs> Eli taught me something, which is that if you say the words rise up lights quickly, it sounds like you're saying razor blades in an uh, Australian accent. So rise up lights. Rise up lights. Oh, rise up lights. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my. And then old. he took out his rise of lights. <laughs> he broke down the straight. And he gave me a shape. <laughs> hey, pandemic haircuts. Can we talk? Oh, I have to. I have to order um, haircutting scissors because it's the time is now. But yeah. I, I, fear, I fear that I will end up with haircuts like your yours, and that I will hey. just. Going. No, I'm, there's nothing wrong I'm with that. So lucky. I would be so lucky. Yeah, no, I'm thinking uh, crazy hair. I'm, I'm sort of hoping that this thing, well, for one thing, I've stopped like combing my hair at all, or you know, like wake Usually I, I take a shower at night and I wake up in the morning, my hair is crazy, and I kind of spray it down with a spritzer and um, smooth it against my head. I've stopped doing that, and it's just sticking out crazily in every direction, and I kind of like it. And I'm hoping, I, I, I'm kind of hoping this, uh, well, I'm going to, I think I'm just going to go, I'm not going to do anything with my hair for whatever, six months and just see like how, how nutty it gets. Back to your punk rock roots. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go through that root period, but. Um, did you ever dye your hair, Dave? Like a Never did. Rock? Never did. Never had good hair. Never had uh, stylish hair. Um, sounds like a regret, my friend. This sounds yeah, like a, yeah, this is a lamentation of youth. Yeah, this is me uh, reclaiming that. It's not too late. Yeah, it's not too late. Next week, we'll zoom in and there will Dave. What is that? Uh, Manic yeah. Panic? Is that the name of the yeah. hair dye that you? Yeah, yeah maybe I'll uh, place an Amazon, Amazon order. Do you guys remember the hair police? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are they still yeah. there? That was Nate's, Nate's mom's shop. Yeah, right? that was Sonia's. Sonia's. Uh, groovy little cultural spot that was a hair place and a music place and i was the 
I was one of a series of janitors there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I yeah. actually never went there. I mean, I maybe saw it once, but uh, <laughs> I never went to any shows there or anything. They had shows there? Oh, yeah. It was a scene. It was groovy. Yeah, I remember going. I, I went in there a couple times. I think Joyce had her hair done there. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of a big open space and super s- scary because all the beautiful, scary, tattooed girls were there. and. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pierced. I wasn't part of the scene. I was I was just the I just worked there occasionally. Mary Luddington actually brought me in. Oh she, funny. Yeah, because she was one of the janitors too. It was one of those places that had a kind of a rotating concentric circle culture. And uh you could go in there and you know, we swept up and did the cleaning and listened to the music because they had incredible sound systems. Yeah, it was a it was a groovy place, and it's not there anymore, huh? I think it is actually. Yeah, I th- it's it seems like it, I've seen that as I've driven past it. Well, Sonia died a number of years ago. Yeah, and um, what? And uh, of what? Yeah, how'd she die? I don't know. She might have had, had cancer. Cancer. Yeah, she was she was not an old woman. Uh, Nate's uh, an old buddy few, of ours. Yeah, and younger than me, but not a crazy amount and i but i think she was a young mom yeah um but that uh ruby building the lindale building margo margo curran used to have a studio there Nancy uh, yeah. Best. yeah they um it was a kind of a arts collective in a, in a casual way you know what's funny you never know what's a scene when it's happening really, you know, like you never know what a particular time or era is until you're looking at it in the, in the rear view mirror. And you're like, Oh, that was a very particular time and place and a very particular crew, yeah. you know, like you're uh, the, the place where you guys used to work, you know, lifelines, lifeline. I'm, I'm sure when you were doing it, you weren't like, this is going to be a seminal period in my life. You're probably just like, oh, it's a crappy job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we that's knew true. It was something strange though. We knew it was a deviant little pocket of the universe. Yeah, I think sure. I think I did sense that I was in part of something really weird. I mean yeah. that that whole cult thing that those guys, the JB and those guys, oh my God. You know, some people's cult is other people's religion, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and some those guys some, are are, what, are those guys still at it? I'm sure they are. You know, my sister's part of that. Kern? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is she still doing it? Is it? Oh, yeah. Huh. So can is, we, uh, is Frank still in prison? flavor of cult? Oh, Frank's still in prison. <laughs> well, Frank went to prison, right? Because he, he, he refused to pay, pay taxes. So. Yeah, I think he was a conscientious objector who took it all the way. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you please explain further what the cult is, what the practice was? Well, first of all, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Kristen and I both worked at a place called Lifelines, which was a nurse temp staffing agency. Um, so when, especially when nursing homes didn't have, uh, when somebody called in sick or whatever, they needed to staff the nursing home, and that we had a, a huge basically a calling list of uh, 
of temp nurses. So we could, uh, and we just get on the phone and start calling people and say, Hey, you want to work at whatever golden Valley nursing home? And, um, and Ebenezer Ebenezer or Walker Methodist. You have to paint a picture, Dave. You got to paint the picture that it was in this house. Well, at first it was in a house. Yeah. And then it it was in a house on Bloomington near little earth. Yeah. Right. And it was a, a old, a bunch of old hippies. And there was always like a weird pan of rice on the stove in the kitchen. And we were all sitting around a big old wooden dining table. And in, and there were all these phones. There was nothing corporate about it, nothing normative about it. And there was so much farting. Well, yeah. And then, and then the whole thing was uh, we were constantly getting calls from collection agencies. Um, Yeah. And whenever we get a call from a collection agency, um, it, David Wolf or, and well, all the, all the managers would say, put them on, put them on, put them on. And then they'd just punk on them. Speaker. On, on speaker. Yeah. On speakerphone and say, hey, hey hello, who it is? Who it is? You know, and, I could, <laughs> and it was so juvenile and they would just try and keep them going as long as possible. I don't know who you are. Who are you? Who, who? Yeah. And what, <laughs> just, why would you get calls from collection agents? Because they wouldn't pay their bills. They would, and, and oh, they get calls from the IRS and stuff. Eventually, as we alluded to, Frank went to prison. The guy, the owner, the head cheese of the oh, of the company, funny. and he, yeah, they just wouldn't pay their bills. They they you were not business I people. Made, I just made the connection that this was the early seeds of the brass messengers. <laughs> oh, really? They all worked there. Yeah, and it was no, kind but, of like a JB. JB did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and David, was David Wolf ever part of the Brass Messengers scene or No, whatever? but he's a really wonderful musician. Yeah, he's there great. There were a lot of great musicians. Yeah, it, it was like a wait, sweatshop wait, uh, for musicians. <clears throat> yeah, is, is David Wolf, Dave Wolf of the, uh, no, different, different musician. No, no. I mean. Because I know a Dave Wolf who's a musician. No. It, it was a clubhouse. It was a it was a culture that was insular. It, it was hilarious. It was a bunch of artists. It was old hippies who, you know, didn't follow. It was a fly by the seat of your pants, but it was also a gambling cas- casino because you had to pitch the nurses' aides and the uh, uh, and the nurses. You had to pitch them money in order to make it work for them because it was all this kind of emergency need. Yeah. And most of them were Africans too, were uh, African immigrants. And, um, and a lot of times you'd have to get you like one of the perks that you could hold up was uh, you give them a ride. And so, you know, you get on in, you're like, who's got a car? Let's go over, you know, and go over and get Odibwe, Kajomado or whatever, you know, people whose names and, you know, part of this, one of the skills, required was to be able to talk with people who could barely speak English and, and understand what they were saying. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So you get on the phone. Yeah. I mean, you guys miss it? it was kind of a great mix and mashup of different cultures and different, um, agendas in terms of who's making money it was all about money but it was also about care and it was also about getting away with stuff 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Do you guys miss craziest. it? Hell no. I mean, that was a that was a little piece of time that I don't think you can miss. You just go, wow. It was a, uh, you know, it was, a, at least for me, it was a shit job. It was, it paid seven bucks an hour, which at the time was okay, but not good. And I, I actually had the uh, early morning shift. So I, my shift started at 5 a.m., I think, you know, so I had to be up at like 3.30 in the morning and, and ride my bike over to Lifelines and, it was cold, even in the summer at that time of the day. And, um, you know, I couldn't go out the night before. And it was just, yeah, it was a really weird shift. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah it, was it, it was fun. It was fun. It was a scene. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I still know a lot of those people all these years later. I'm still in a band with JB. Are, yeah, what is JB doing nowadays? He's uh he's writing music, he's playing music. I mean, what does he do for a living? He's he paints houses. He's like a go-to house painter. And those guys were all from a small town in Minnesota too, like Wil- Wilmer or something or what where were they all from? They were Dakota folk, weren't they? No, no, they were it was Minnesota. It was some oh, small really? town and uh remember um David Lee? He, oh, how could we forget David. Yeah, David Lee was this strange. He was sort of a, like a uh, autistic. You know, like he he had something going on. Um, he was uh, Asperger's or something, but super skinny, and he looked um, he he looked sick all the time and kind of old, like a little old man. But it turned. But he was like the star athlete of their little town. And, uh, and I actually went out, it was funny cause you like, you, and he kind of talked like this in a monotone and he was very weird and, uh, had no sense of humor. And, but it, I remember one time we kind of took a break and went out in the backyard and threw a football around and he was amazing He's an amazing <laughs> athlete, like this guy, this autistic, weird, skinny, awkward well, you know, guy who is just like, you know, like how you sometimes you see people who just, you know, as soon as you see him throw a ball once that they're an amazing athlete. And yeah, he, he was could, like one of those guys. And he was also, you know, this is back in the day where they were all in the religion and they were all meditating many hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And they go and on those so retreats. I want to hear more about this religion. More, more, more about this religion, please. Oh, talk, talk, talk. What the hell is it? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I can't really speak to it. And I feel like, um, well, I think it's called The Path. And there's an Indian guru. And people take it very seriously. And there's you know, there's people who really practice this. So I don't, I want to be sensitive to the, you know, the spiritual path that people chose. The thing that's interesting, because we started talking about what is a scene, what's really kind of, I mean, interesting to me about that scene is it was people who were vegan before vegan was a thing, 
people who meditated in silence for hours on end, and then this tiny window of absolute deviant social behavior when they were set free at this supposed job where a lot of us were making a living, but most of us were artists. So it was this batshit crazy social environment that was largely built around pranks, phone jokes, like, you know, <laughs> harassing people yeah. on the phone. It was like crank <laughs> anchors or something right? all day long. <laughs> and farting and burping. It was, the, it was, it was hilarious and it was bizarre, but it was a scene and the religion was kind of a serious flow through it because there were really good, kind, wonderful people. Yeah, they were really nice. So, and, and Frank, the guy who was the, the head of the whole thing or the owner of the company or whatever, <clears throat> was just over the top with like, like the male lady would come and he'd say, Gloria, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I remember going to the bank with him one time and, uh, and he said, he walked up to the, the woman and she said, hi, hello. How, how are you? How can I help you? And he said, just give me love. I've, I'm so full of love, I can't, I, I can hardly stand it, and I just want to love you. <laughs> and he's this crazy, you know, he's like this big bearded guy with this crazy scraggly, he looks like kind of a mountain man kind of dude, and he's, it, he, that, that he was all about love. I'm just so love. I love you, David. I love you. <laughs> so was it when and then, said, and then oh, a fart you're joke. sort of joking? Well, what? I mean, those guys were not, they, they, they never tried to indoctrinate us into their thing, I don't think. Except for Prashad. Do you remember Prashad? Oh, okay, so here's yeah. the thing. Full disclosure, my sister is full on in this. She's in it. She's in it to win it. She's like, <clears throat> she Still. told me that I'm that much closer to my karmic. Uh, whatever nirvana just because i'm her sister like she's 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 needled me about this um about this religion my whole life and she used to sneak this prashad into food to make me eat it <laughs> and they used to do that they would they would have their guru bless like rice krispies or you know remember that and I then don't know. I don't. I never had the oh, Rice Krispies. Man. Oh man! Well, all my life I've been tormented because my sister is part of this, and so <clears throat> you know we have jokes in our family that we're for forcing spiritual enlightenment on on you through Rice Krispies. But one, but you know, one memory. Like is, one memory uh, I, I have. I was going to say. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say that they were strict vegetarians. They didn't allow uh, meat in the place. Um, so, it, it, I mean, people would, you know, like smuggle in a turkey sandwich or whatever, but, uh, um, but they would go on these retreats and, uh, and I remember once we had a, uh, quote unquote meeting <laughs> where everybody Funny. brought in, we brought it, somebody brought in pork chops and, and like ch fried chicken and stuff from the grocery store. And then we had all the bones hanging up on, we tied them to strings oh and we God. had them all hung up around the office. <laughs> it was a, a meat celebration. It would, That's hilarious. You know, this is where I wish we were a call-in show because I would love to hear other people's stories. Oh my this. God. Yeah, I remember um, Jay Epstein uh, worked there. 
You know, he's a Eric. he's a jazz drummer. Yeah, Eric Anderson, Jim Clifford, Barb, Jim Clifford, Barb Cohen. Uh, yeah, Barb Cohen. That's right. Carol Lee, of course. That's where I met Carol Lee. Um, so uh, again, I'm Jamie really Kasmer. just trying to get a straight answer out of you guys. Yeah. You are sort of jokingly referring to it as a cult, but it is a sort of Eastern style religious practice that your sister Braves still in engages in to this day. It's like the Bhagwan type thing, you know, the, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a guru who is alive, lives in India. I remember there was a big controversy because my sister, the, the guy died. And of course they're supposed to be kind of car, um, incarnative succession. So where's the new one? Where's the new embodiment of the, the groovy spirit and it split the people in two and some people went this way i have friends who went that way and friends who went the other way and uh, yeah people are it's a it's we got the we got the kind of the the vestigial tale of the religion the jokey culturally wild experience but there were people who were very deeply in yeah, yeah, yeah. All the the managers, the the people who who owned it, like yeah. da uh, David Lee, Frank, uh, JB. Um, yeah, a couple David others. Wolf. David yeah. Wolf, yeah, who, who I didn't really know, but they, yeah, they were all. I I I really liked all those people, and they were not like I say, they were not preaching. Nobody shaved their heads or wore any kind of weird garb or anything like that. It was just you know normal people, you know. You, if you was, if you saw them bit. those people on yeah. the street, you wouldn't think that they were a yeah. bunch of. But you get them all together in a room, and they act like like eleven year old boys. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the litmus <laughs> test really is: um, can you get out? You know, if your sister wanted to stop practicing or or get out, whatever that meant, could she? You know, I think so. I mean, I know that JB has modified his practice over the years. I know a lot of people who are. You know, I always say uh, my sister and her husband, um, Kern's on the path and Tom's on the bench near the path. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true. Gotcha. So you're lovingly referring to it as a cult. I, don't, I never <laughs> called it a cult. I, I, I never thought it was a cult. Did I, did I call it a cult? Uh-oh. Pretty sure you called it a cult. I think, weren't we talking about scenes? Let's move on to the next scene. <laughs> scene yeah. What about that 24th and Lindale scene, Pobs? Were you part of that? Muddy Waters scene? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where uh, there was a great, great chess community there. and We would play all the time. Um, it was a thriving, thriving chess community. And music, right? Annie has that whole album. Yeah. Album. Yeah. Mark Kaufman had a place and he would throw these weekend parties. And um, yeah, that that was great fun. Yeah. That hey, I got a question for you guys. Speaking of uh, coffee shop scene. So, yeah, there was that, that Muddy Water scene, which I always and then right across the street, there was also a Leaning Tower pizza scene. Yeah, that was, that was like a night scene but uh but i remember that that was a very kind of an insular group but then there was that bob's uh java hut down the street at mm -hmm. 20 27th of lindale and that was a scene unto itself too and it, it kind of struck Carlos me as a, hung out there a lot that yeah and it seemed like that was like a sober biker scene kind of yeah 
mm-hmm. um, that or that's the sense I got from it. Um, but yeah, those those places are still kind of well, they're around still. But I wonder where. And then there was a whole Liquor Lyle scene too. That that yeah, was kind of my that was my scene. Um, I hung out at Liquor Lyle's all the time. Um, and then there was a CC Club scene. Um, yeah, what were some others? There's and, and where are they now? What the, what are the well, scenes countless. now? They're, they're countless and manifold. And I think the funny thing is that, um, you know, say you go to Northeast or you drive down, um, I mean, this is pre-pandemic, of course, you drive around in the North Loop. I think that, you know, scenes are very dependent upon your age and your socioeconomic class. And, um, and also things have changed because of, uh, online, uh, communities. So, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, I think scenes are very different when you're in your twenties than when you're in your fifties. Right. Yeah. I mean, my scenes now are very, uh, scheduled, premeditated, practical, you know, things. I go to dancing one night a week. I go to chess one night a week. Um, you know, and dancing. It's yeah. How's well, your back back in the day. You know, oh. back in the day. I'm not. I'm not talking about during these particular times, but you know, within the last year or so. That's a scene like uh, with Uptown Swing. That's a big well, scene, right? Yeah, huge, huge. But I mean, the swing dancing community in the Twin Cities has been around for a long time, and and had a lot of different uh, sort of venues and. Um, schisms and all that kind of stuff you know it initially started with uh with uh there was a lindy hop scene here sort of hobbyists who were doing uh lindy hop and were connected sort of nationally to a very small um lindy hop scene and and then there were also the um oh what do you call them the rockabilly group that was doing sort of a form of six count swing and uh and they were uh they were two sort of uh, disparate scenes that were coexisting and did not overlap much and then when the swing craze hit um you know all of that all that changed hmm yeah that's uh sort of analogous to uh the salsa thing too there's a there so there's salsa on one, and then there's salsa on two, and then there is this whole weird um, zook uh, scene that ha- that's happening, which is kind of more of a almost like a tango-ish type thing. Uh, hmm. Zook and kazomba, which are sort of a little bit more, they come from Angola, or uh, kazomba I think comes from Angola. But anyway, and uh, and that's that's a lot more um, sort of sensual and flowing and sort of walking around and freestyling. Not as many rules as as salsa, and that's that's sort of a scene unto itself. Um, yeah, huh? Yeah, just like the tango scene is a whole separate thing. Oh and my some god, yeah, totally. Some people do tango. Some people do tango and. And swing like uh, Lois Denae is is a tango person, but she used to swing a lot too. And, yeah, so, and then there's a whole ballroom you know. thing too, right? 
That's right. Yeah. And there's a little bit of crossover there too. Not so much Lindy Hopper's going into the ballroom scene, but some ballroomers coming into the Lindy scene. So, you know, these little subcultures, I, I love stumbling on, on little subcultures. Um, and one time years ago, I stumbled on one that absolutely blew my mind. Um, we had a girl who was working for magnetic poetry who it came out when I was chatting with her that she was really into briar horse collecting, which are mm. those plastic horses that you buy in sort of high end toy stores, you know, like these Ger yeah. German, these they're, they're solid plastic and they kind of look realistic. So pretty. Yeah. So, so pretty. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fourth grade for me. So great. Big. Well, there are people who collect those things and they they modify them. So they actually go in like with an exacto knife and 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 sort of make little cuts and use sandpaper and tweezers and stuff to make it look like they have real fur. And wow. then they build they they make uh, tack for them. So they wow. they make a, a set elaborate saddles with these tiny you know they have like tiny leatherworking tools and stuff and they make um, beautiful saddles for them and then they take like Barbie dolls and Ken dolls and stuff and they make outfits for them and they so they build these super elaborate and realistic briar horses and riders and outfits and tack and all this stuff and then they display them at conventions and i went with her with susie to this show that they had at the convention center a briar horse show and there were all these crazy people who had booths and stuff and 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 sold wow. their the saddles and the little outfits for barbies and all this stuff and uh, displayed there and, and they had contests and stuff. I couldn't freaking believe it. It was the I craziest thing. Yeah. That's so cool. I love, I, I love obsessive people. <laughs> <laughs> so we have game night on Fridays. Uh, Stephanie, Oliver and Pat and I have game night on Fridays and we've been playing different games. Uh, I tried to introduce chess, but there is a strong pushback. <laughs> on many fronts. I didn't even want him to play. I just thought I would teach him the rules. Strong pushback, strong <laughs> hatred of chess. But um, Oliver is very interested in playing D&D. &D. Now, I used to play D&D &D when I was young, and we played sort of fast and loose uh, rules. But uh, I bought a D&D 5th &D edition starter kit uh, with the intention of playing last Friday. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I know the game. I'll just sort of crack it open and peruse the rules and we're good to go. And I was so sorely mistaken on so many fronts because it's so much more complicated than we did it and more complicated than I remember. Uh, so I've spent a week now reviewing the rules and then also uh, going online and watching all of these D&D tutorials and discovering that there is a huge D&D community online, which I guess should not surprise me, but does. And there are a ton of videos that are live streams of people playing D&D. &D. Um, there's regular podcasts and video uh, uh, videos of people playing D&D. &D. 
it's quite elaborate and quite large and it's just super interesting and, and not, um, you know, it was, I remember playing the original Gary Gygax D and D with my dad in the late seventies and, uh, would not have anticipated that it, that it ballooned into this. I mean, I knew it was popular. I knew there were a lot of people playing. I went and visited a friend of mine at a game store, you know, uh, five or eight years ago. Um, so I, I knew that, but I guess I was I was innocent of the online component and the video and podcast. So, Pops, uh, yeah, I'm totally innocent to that whole thing too. Are they you they call them uh, or avoidant. Well, innocent. I suppose Not a little book, at all. but but <laughs> no, 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 I, I I got some questions about that because there used to be this place uh, down the street from you know, just a couple blocks from me called Tower Games yeah. um, over yeah. on Nicollet, and I would There's see I, sometimes. Nicollet. They still are there. Okay. Well, sometimes well, they're on Nicolet and um, I can't remember what, but yeah. Yeah, they used to be at Forty Eighth and Nicolet. Yeah, just like just up the street from me. Um, they're not at Forty Eighth and Nicolet anymore. They're further up. Further north. They're like forty something. Yeah. Okay. Well, further at north. any rate, sometimes I drive past there at like three a.m. and there'd be a ton of guys in there with Mountain yeah. Dew and whatever and playing and sitting yeah. around a big table with all these soldiers and whatever. I, I don't know what was on the table. Um, but uh, that, that was another one of those weird sub subcultures that I, I, I always wondered what was going on. And I would, I, I would love to go in there sometime and see what the hell they're doing. Um, well, you know, is that, that, is that a, uh, is that like a D and D type thing or is that a different sort of, gameplay or what Prob probably what you saw well it depends on when you went but um now magic the gathering is huge which is a card game um but tabletop gaming um and magic is different than D, &D because D, D is a role-playing game and i don't think magic has any kind of role-playing to it um magic is a game in and of itself that has these special decks with specialized cards and um certainly dice. there's skill and luck uh, i don't think i'm not sure if there's any dice to magic hmm. um you know and ron's, then ron's son arden is a very very good magic the gathering player he goes to conventions in vegas and plays yeah you were saying you were saying yeah. that yeah so so anyway you know, the sort of um, tabletop gaming uh, role-playing thing took off in the 70s, I guess. I don't know the exact history of it. Um, but D&D &D is one in, in a constellation of stars that uh, that have all kinds of uh, games and, and everything, you know. Um, hey, you but I don't know how many other role-playing games there are. I'm curious of the scenes that you're not able to access now that we're inside. What do you miss? What scenes were you guys part of in this, you know, present moment life that is now? Well, to me, that's e that's an easy one. It's hockey and dancing. I was that's what I was doing seven nights a week, either either playing hockey or dancing, and I can't do either of them. It's just it's driving me fucking nuts. Yeah, what do you do with your physical energy? Because you're an athlete yourself. I mean, well, what do you do with that's a quite yeah. That's I I was telling Pops before we got on that uh, the other day I felt like I was crawling out of my skin. I I 
have got, I've, you know, I've been going out for walks, long walks and bike rides and stuff, but it's not the same as uh, hockey is very, um, it's, a uh, it's sort of like what they call interval training, which is that you just go balls out for a couple of minutes and then you come off the ice and huff and puff, uh, and then go back out on the ice and go balls out for another two minutes and then come off. And um, so it's a certain kind of exercise where you really kind of get your yayas out. You know, you're just like going, going like hell and then resting and going like hell and resting. Um, and then there's dancing, which is another kind of exercise that is sort of similar where you're, it's really ha- like this happy energy and this, um, laughing, you know, kind of like hilarious energy that you kind of get out and, and, um, and neither, neither of those are supplantable by walking or riding a bike or, or any of the things that you can do by yourself. I can do a little bit of it. So I've been trying to dance as much in my living room as I can to get some of that hilarious energy. And then yesterday I actually went out and ran up my hill <laughs> um <laughs> in front of my house uh and i, I think i'm going to start doing that um every day just go out to try and get that that burst of energy thing going but uh yeah but yeah it's, i i miss i'm i'm really getting to the point now where i'm really starting to miss both those things hockey and dancing oh god when will and and, and Osterholm is saying so. There's a, a one of my recommendations is uh, um, is Osterholm's podcast. He's got a, a podcast on the Sidrap. Uh, if you go to uh, Sidrap, c i d r a p dot u m n dot edu, uh, Michael yeah. Osterholm has a podcast now, and I think that he's the gold standard for. Um, I agree. He's our guy. Yeah, he's the guy to listen to, and he's he, he's saying two years. You know, he said, yeah, this is, this is awesome. just a, this is just a warm up. We're, yeah. we're, and that was hearing that was the thing that kind of made me, I think, put me in a, a headspace where I, uh, <laughs> I just felt like I was going to go fucking nuts. Um, cause life is forever altered. And when is dancing going to come back? It, it, people, I mean, it's going to be a long time before people can go, go out and social dance and, same thing with hockey. It's going to be gone for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, two years. Yeah, two years. Two years is not that much if you think, oh, gosh, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll get to live another 25 or 30 years. We're old. Yeah. You know, we're three old fuckers sitting around talking. Um, you guys are older than me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in, in that, I mean, because I, I actually have been thinking in the two-year window just as a exercise to get me to feel like this is manageable for me, that helps to see that trajectory. I don't know why, but um, you know, two years isn't that long if you get maybe 25 more years because you did the two years, you know what I well, mean? Well, we also, we also don't know how that two years is going to look and what, what periods during that, uh, time frame will be less or more in terms of, you know, uh, stay-at-home orders and and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be some things whether, that'll normalize a bit, and yeah. 
and then well, also will like with other countries where they let us out and then a lot of people die again and then they put us back in yeah right yeah and then the other thing to consider is we'll also adapt more stuff will move online we'll get better at doing those kinds of things so we'll, we'll hopefully we'll we'll get better at, at doing safe social things in answer to your question for i really miss going to the coffee shop and i i really miss uh chess on thursdays now the chess guys uh, were still running online virtual tournaments every thursday and i'm still in touch with them so the core activity of what we do is the same but the socializing obviously yeah, is gone no slumber but, but it's the coffee shops <laughs> that i think i miss the most what were your favorite coffee shops pops i mean i know you and i used to go parallel play at spy house yeah, Spy House is just uh, Spy House, not because it's the greatest coffee shop in the world, but because it was my regular coffee shop. You know, right. um, I also miss Rustica, Rustica, and, and uh, Spy House, and I don't know those people particularly well. It's not like I had great friends there or was super close with the staff. I just like going there and working and doing my thing and being around other people and seeing other people. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss it too, <sighs> but. Now, when you go out, like I'm looking out my window right now, and I can see one, two, three, four, five, six people. It used to be that when I looked out my window, I could go an hour without seeing a person on the sidewalk. Mm. Now everybody is out. <laughs> people are constantly out walking. Um, and it, in fact, it's kind of hard to go walking around the neighborhood without having to try. I, I try and stay like 20 feet from everybody. And, uh, and it's hard to go to, I'm constantly having to change to the other side of the street as I walk down the sidewalk and, um, you actually do. I've been walking the, I've been walking the alleys. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Me too. I've been exploring alleys. I found a couple of good ones around here. Yeah. Tangle, Tangletown has some great alleys that are kind of I've Euro European. I've walked the alleys in Tangletown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you guys feel like this is a really we're kind of we're kind of down the path now and and we're I don't know about you, but my emotions are fluctuating and sometimes I feel like it's this really soulful rich experience and then I snap at something or I like a frustration happens and then I just realize, "Oh, I am batshit crazy right now." That is an unreasonable response to <laughs> yeah. that particular provocation. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, the that, same thing. That's where I'm at today. Yeah. I'm definitely there today. I Yesterday and today, you know, I'll get out today, but when, when it's gray, like the last few days, not, not good. Yeah, yeah, that snow drove me f over the edge, man. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was so angry at everything. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking! I'm. I. I was opening my door and just sticking my head out and going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of running in short bursts, I uh, Kenwood Park is great for that. Just running up and down those hills and. I love that park. That's my favorite park in the city. I love that park too. You know, yeah. I, I can't wait. So I hope. By next week, the weather the weather's supposed to be warm. I hope I I would love to do some socially distant uh, uh, podcasting with you guys. 
out, out Dave, of doors. Dave, I'm willing to do that if you'll also allow me to be emotionally distant. Not allowed, Pablo. Yeah, just it'd be uh, like everything we say to you, just go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Whatever. Exactly. I have a recommendation. Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. Um, I've been listening to Dear Sugar podcast, which is Cheryl Strayed, the woman who wrote Wild. Um, it's her project. I, I, I can't remember if it's through. I don't know who the parent company is, but um, she's been doing an advice column. And now she's adapted so that she's calling people on the phone. And she talked to Margaret Atwood. And it was the funniest conversation because because uh, Margaret Atwood sounds like, you know, she's pretty much uh, a pragmatic gal. <laughs> yeah. And then she. she Is she Canadian, uh, uh, Margaret Atwood? Yeah, 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 she's Canadian. Yeah. So that so those those episodes have been giving me a lot of um, perspective, sense of humor. And then there was one where she talked to um, uh, some some Buddhist practitioner in Japan who just had the most beautiful perspective on impermanence and loss and the opportunity to fill this time with kind of a uh, reverence for life that is, um, you know, tolerant of the frustrations, but also sees the opportunities for this moment. I I got a lot out of it. How much I retained, I don't know, because... <laughs> You know what that reminds me of, Brable? Uh, you said Canadians, and then I thought uh, of Max von Sydow, who was not Canadian. He and, died. Yeah, he died, and they mentioned all these Ingmar Bergman films and uh, I think Hannah and his sisters, but they failed to mention his great contribution to faux Canadian cinema, which was his role in Strange Brew, Doug and Bob McKenzie's uh, movie. And um, oh, I gotta watch that movie again. That was yeah. And and he was amazing in that movie. What's he the movie was called? amazing. Strange Brew. Oh, I have not. And also, he played uh, Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon, and he was amazing in that. Well, my favorite of his is the Seventh Seal. Oh, yes, of course, a chess movie. So I've got to love it. Uh, but. Come on, Flash That's Gordon cool. and Strange Brew. <laughs> what was the deal with Strange Brew? Was that like a beer that had like mushrooms in it or something? No, no, it was just, uh, you know, it's the um, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas right, from, right. Uh, you know, the improv show, whatever that was. And they played these Canadian brothers. Hey, take off you hoser. Hey, yeah, yeah, right. But there was and something would... about the beer that was like strange. That, oh, that, that was I... like hallucinogenic or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Here, let's look it up. Um, <laughs> no, I have to say, just the idea of getting together and not being able to hug you, you guys, is really making me sad. Yeah. yeah no hugs. No hugs anywhere, except for your whatever. If you got a hugger, a huggy person in your life which um luckily... let me just interject this meanwhile the evil brewmeister smith played by max von Sydow, is perfecting a secret plan to take over the world by placing a mind control drug drug in elsinore beer which while rendering the consumer docile also makes him or her attack others 
when certain musical tones are played. So there you go, Dave. Spot uh, on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've got a, a podcast recommendation also, which is, uh, love it or leave it. Um, and it's John love it. it it's a sort of a spinoff podcast of, um, uh, my favorite, my very favorite podcast, which is, uh, uh, pod save America. Uh, but John Lovett is so funny and smart and he, uh, he lives with, uh, Ronan Farrow who's also very funny and smart. Oh, right. And, uh, Wait a minute. Well, a different Roman? John Lovitz, different John Lovitz. Not, I make this mistake every time I hear it. Yeah, name. right. John, John Lovett is, so it, love it or leave it is L-O-V-E-T-T or leave it. Um, and not and, John Lovett. Yeah, it's not the old the John Lovett's from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, no. Okay, no. thank you for, for helping me. <laughs> well, although that would have been a wonderful buddy movie. <laughs> John yeah, yeah. I mean, just not to denigrate John Lovitz, but I think that's a that's a loss for Ronan Farrow because he's a young, uh, attractive man and uh, oh. very tan. I just saying, I think I he's you. doing better with his John than the other. John. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's a that's a, a great podcast. Um, is this is this a part of the show where we can do some uh, recommendations? Yeah, I. Uh, so I'm reading a very good escapist um, and easy. It's kind of almost like a summer read um, where the craw, crawdads sing. Have you heard of this, Kristen? I think we talked about oh, it. Oh, did we did already? We? Okay. Yeah. I, probably, oh, I, I mentioned it. Last, yeah. Okay. I'm still, yeah, reading, I it. Read still it. reading it. Still enjoying it. Um, yeah. uh, oh, and Pablo, I was thinking about you. I, uh, I've been on this jag of, uh, watching youtube videos for how to play nick drake songs on guitar <laughs> oh awesome which is great because uh i mean you can learn anything on on youtube but so true. Uh, but nick drake is kind of a weird one because he he does all these weird uh tunings of his guitar right. for his drop song. d and dad gad well other ones yeah. too that are the uh open chord tunings that are well, are not completely open chord things, but uh, yeah. ones that are not standard tunings. So it's yeah. easy to watch, you know, like uh, um, to just look up a song and uh, how to play Nick Drake's blah, blah. And uh, and people have taken them all apart and show you just how to do uh, the tuning and the fingerings and all that stuff. And it's it, it's a, a quick route to learning how to play Nick Drake songs, which are really fun to play. And That's and, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Little Women on, uh, on 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 the movie machine last night. Uh, that was good. Uh, Wasn't you, that great? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Although I I was a little bit confused about the whole timeline thing. It was, it was constant flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff. And I I was always okay. Is this now? Is this okay? And it would always take me a minute to figure out if it was in the present or the past. That's a great movie. That Timothy Chalamet and Greta Gerwig. Oh man! Yeah, they yeah. Did. It was an all-star cast, including Bob o Odenkirk as as <laughs> the dad, which completely surprised really? me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it, Pablo? No, you know. So here's the thing. You know, early on in my relationship with Stephanie, I managed to get her to see a lot of sci-fi and superhero movies. And uh, because she was under the impression that then I would go see her movies. 
And so then she started <laughs> saying, hey, how about we go see this movie? And I was like, I have no interest in seeing that movie. It has no robots, no spaceships, no time travel. I'm not going to go see it. And uh, and she said, oh, because I thought we were doing this thing where I see your movies and you see mine. And I said, no, that's not what we're <laughs> it's doing. It's not a quid pro quo. <laughs> Like, we're, doing the, we're doing the thing where you come to my movies if you're if you're willing and I go to yours if you're willing. I you're under no obligation to come to my movies, and I'm certainly not going to go see any of those movies. But you know, Little Women, as Dave just said, has time travel. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: there are, in fact, a lot of exceptions to my movie rules because those are just my sort of um, immediate movie rules. But you know, I love film and so there are a lot of directors who I'll go see without any questions asked Greta Gerwig actually happens to be one of them I'll also see almost anything that she's in because I like her as an as an actor so I I and Stephanie is really interested in movies directed by women about women and written by women which I am totally down for we don't have enough of those I love those kind of movies if they're not just straight dramas anyway i tried to get her to go see little women in the theater but you know she's read the book she's seen how many other productions she just didn't want to go she didn't want to go well now you can... so i couldn't get her to see it but but we did watch madeline's choice maba i can't remember it was um it's a rebecca miller film and it's starring greta gerwig and it was not great but it was good it was good. And I'm going to look up the name here because I just can't remember what it was. And, you know, it was very funny because I had not heard of uh, Rebecca Miller before. Uh, Maggie's Plan is what it was. And it was a good movie. It wasn't great. It was a good movie. And it was Ethan Hawke and Julie, Julia Moore, Juliet Moore and um, and Greta Gerwig. And it, it was an, it was totally enjoyable. Written and directed by uh, Rebecca Miller. I didn't know who she was, so I look her up on um, IMDb, and the first thing it says is she's married to Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Wow. I know. And I said, oh, married to Daniel Day-Lewis. I had no idea. Very interesting. They put it as the first sort of like thing. And then you go down the list, sister-in-law to poet, laureate, blah, 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 Day-Lewis. And you're like, okay, well, that's whatever. About sixth one down the list, met husband while he was reviewing one of uh, uh, the movie The Crucible with which uh, Miller's father had written. And I'm like, wait a second, what? And of course, she is Arthur Miller's daughter. That's and I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't you want to leave with that? I mean... <laughs> Wouldn't that be the leading trivia point, Arthur Miller's daughter? Seems a little funny. <laughs> That's funny. Huh. Well, I, Especially I'll because watch. I'm on her page because she's a writer and direct, I don't know, just very funny. Speaking, well, of, um, act speaking of actors that are <clears throat> related to uh, famous people, have you heard about it? So the Mara sisters, like Rooney Mara and Kate yeah. Mara. And they, yeah, they're close in my heart. <clears throat> Yeah, well, they're yeah, they're both great actors, and they were born billionaires because their yeah. their dad is the, like the Mars candy uh, thing. The Mars is named after the 
Mar Mara family. Oh, I thought there was also some sport ball team. Well, yeah, and then they, they he owns the Redskins, or their their dad owns the Washington Redskins, um, and yeah, their their family is just incredibly fabulously wealthy. So, um, I'm going to send you something a Kate Mara clip that's one of my favorites and one of the reasons why she's near and dear to me. It's a, a comedy bit. It's called Tiny Detectives with Kate Mara and Ellen Page. Have you guys seen this? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to send it to you. I highly recommend it because it is super funny. That's great. Super funny. And they are, I love Ellen Page as well. And, um, and, and they are just amazing in this. It's very funny. Cool. I'm going to send it I'm to you guys watch right, it right now. now. No, no, don't watch it right now, but I'm going to send it to you. Oh, my, uh, my last recommendation, whisper yeah. sync. What's do you guys, that? do you guys, uh, read on Kindle, read books on Kindle? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on it all the time. I yeah. do not. Well, yeah. oh, okay. Well, this is a, a thing that goes with, so basically the deal is that you can, um, um, if you have an audible, well, you don't have to have an audible account, I guess, but if you buy a book on Kindle, often there is the option of buying the audible book as well, uh, for a, a small upcharge. And the, if you, so as you're reading the book, you can read the book on your Kindle and then go for a walk and play it on audible and it'll pick up right where you left off on your kindle device that's brilliant yeah so you can go back and forth you know so you're reading your book and then you get in your car and you can plug in your phone and and listen to the book where you left off yeah yeah it's it's great that's all i got what about you pops recommendations well i mean the uh kate mara ellen page tiny detectives uh, I would recommend um, Maggie's uh, Choice by Rebecca Miller. Uh, there's uh, there's nothing bad about the movie. It's not super great, but it's very enjoyable. And a lot of great performances, and the writing is really good. Uh, I've been watching a ton of movies. I watch like three or four documentaries, including General Magic, which is quite good, which is about a, a company that was founded. Oh, under yeah, I saw Apple. that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, also Owned, which is a documentary about redlining, which was pretty good. About and what? Then I watched Redlining. What's redlining? Redlining is the practice of excluding um, people of color from certain neighborhoods through uh, loans and um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, basically uh, creating a, a border uh, around an area and then not granting loans to certain types of people and not granting sales and so on and so forth. Huh. Um, one of the ways that sort of institutional racism is conducted right. in the country and, and we're living under that. Uh, structure still a lot of the problems that we have are because of of um, past redlining anyway um and then tree of life i watched um 
Terrence Malick. Have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, I think I did. What I, was that? What was that I, about? It's basically about three boys growing up under a sort of um, you know brutish father and uh, angelic mom. I mean, it's an impressionistic <laughs> movie. It's not perfect, but there it's really beautiful, and there's some really beautiful things about it it's hard to sort of reconcile the totality of the movie when one scene shows a dinosaur putting a boot to the head of another dinosaur and then another scene shows sean penn scowling it's hard to take the movie seriously as as a whole but um but but it's a good movie there's it's it in the sense that it made me feel something and and um you know, connected the old heart machine to the old brain machine in some ways. But um, did I talk about that obscure object of desire at all? Had I seen that? Huh? No. Well, then, okay. So this is another film I watched. And I don't know if I recommend this one. Um, I, I thought we'd talked about this because we were talking about, or maybe Frable, you and I were just you talking about this. You and I were sidebarring yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So that obscure object of desire by Louis Buñuel, who's a Spanish filmmaker um a, a surrealist and it's a movie basically about a rich guy who's trying to get with a young virgin and he tries all these different methods uh and um she keeps denying him and uh, it just ends sort of badly with the two of them in this kind of eternal struggle the odd thing about the movie is that the role of the young woman is played by two different actors. So go figure. I, I can't, I don't know if it's a good movie or not. Huh. Well, I have a, a recommendation for something that I don't know if it's good either. <laughs> so um, I guess I'm recommending in advance, Mrs. America. Have you heard of this Netflix special? It's about the the attempts to you know how women don't have equal rights in the United States and that that's that's a myth that's a myth (laughs) still a problem (laughs) still consequential and horrible and um, so it's about Phyllis Shafley remember you guys oh yeah 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 drink orange juice like I I remember that from my childhood it's uh, Kate Kate uh, what's her name Uh, yeah yeah. Elizabeth Banks I guess. there was a really good letter put out by the by Women in Hollywood, which is an organization that promotes um, representation and women storytellers. And they said that they want, they were hoping that this particular telling of the 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 initiative of the ERA um, that happened in the seventies, and that of course is still going on because we just got the thirty eighth state ratified. Um, but there's this artificial deadline that's holding it up. Hopefully that will change soon and women will have equal rights under the law. But anyway, they were saying that they hope that it brings um, awareness to the fact that this is a huge issue for half the you know, population of our country. <laughs> yeah, women are never uh, mentioned in the Constitution. We don't have equal right. rights, and it's very consequential, and it's and it's a huge problem, and it's you know anybody. That's a myth. It's not a myth. <laughs> I'd also just like to add, Frable, that um, 
I'm also an Elizabeth Banks fan, so I'll see it because I like seeing anything that she's in. She also directed the latest installation of Charlie's Angels, which was an incredibly stupid movie that I love. It's super funny. Yeah, yeah, there are so many stupid movies that I love. This is another one of them. It was really stupid. And Kristen Stewart gave an amazing performance in it. I I am so I have not seen that one yet, and I really want to watch it. It's really dumb. You'll like it. I love Kristen Stewart. She is a she is a specific taste, but hey, I got a couple. Of, I got a couple of series recommendations. Uh, okay, made... wait, hang on a sec. Have we finished with Frable? Because I we I feel like I kind of jumped on you, Frables. Um. Well, I had one more um, recommendation, which was written down somewhere. Um, oh yeah, here's my recommendation. You know, I don't, I don't imagine you guys are getting stimulus checks, but my recommendation is for people who are getting stimulus checks who can to um, give that money away to women candidates, and let's mm. get you know some representation in government that pushes forward progressive ideas. Okay, that's it. Thanks, pops. Hey, I just ha- I had a thought the uh, last night. Wouldn't it be cool, cool, or maybe it wouldn't be cool, but I was musing on Michelle Obama being vice president. <laughs> wouldn't that be cool if he I mean, chose her? Frankly, you know, anything to help the Biden go down would be, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like for me to swallow Biden, anything, any side, Jace, would be favorable. I really hope it's Elizabeth Warren, but then I thought, Michelle Obama, that would really... I don't think she would do it. She's, she she's too it. smart. Yeah, she yeah. won't do it, and she's doing a huge get-out-the-vote organization. She's she's really pushing for... Um, I can't remember. I'm looking for the name. Yeah, Stacey Abrams is is also a great one who uh, uh, she... You know who she was. She ran for uh, Senate yeah. and lost yeah. to an unfair election in Georgia. Um, but she has a, an organization called... Uh, uh, fair, fair vote. I think it is fair. fair yeah. yeah, I think. Have, have you guys seen the Hillary documentary on Hulu? I started it, and it just seems like a puff piece to me. No, no, it's not a puff piece, and it's got some great footage of her. Really? Um, okay. I, I, it's disappointing when you watch it because you're like, and I was not a Hillary supporter actually. I mean, obviously, I I voted for it, but I was not a. Um, an early supporter by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, man, the, no question that she was the most qualified, and and boy, did we miss out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, so to uh, bring this in a, a lighter direction, um, the the two series that I I binged last week were uh, Dave and High Fidelity. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah, have you seen Dave, the uh, little dicky one? <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So dirty. Yeah. So dirty. And, and, and so funny. It's heartbreaking too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, but um and then high fidelity. I couldn't believe how good it was. It's got uh uh Zoe Kravitz, I think her name is uh Lenny Kravitz's mm-hmm. daughter. Um and Lisa Benet's. I think we talked about this last oh, week. Oh, did we? Okay, God. It's, see, yeah, this Wait, is my age. What's my name? Yeah, this is my... <laughs> Kathy was Wait, telling me last night that I... Day, right? Groundhog's yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's, this is... Well, this, yeah, Kathy was telling me that I, I'm, repeat, I'm repeating a lot of stories to her. Um, 
So I guess I've I've reached that age. That's okay. Same. Me Same. too. Yeah. Absolutely. McKenna just looks at me and kind of tilts her head in a worried <laughs> Oh my God. Can I just say it? McKenna made the most amazing meal for me. Oh that's I'm awesome. Del- I am delighted that she's taking a uh a interest in cooking because I am benefiting. Woo. What was it? It was um shakshukra uh this this incredible tomato egg dish and then she made cauliflower fritters with a homemade um jalapeno mayonnaise oh my god that sounds amazing yeah she cooked girlfriend cooked she used to work at this great restaurant in um, oakland called diafa and um i think she's drawing upon that experience because the flavors were delicious This is not a cooking story, but it's a family story. I spent the last four days troubleshooting my mom's Apple TV with her. And uh, I won't go into great detail other than to say I suffered greatly each day (laughs) trying to, you know, diagnostically, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. And then discover after receiving the device, testing it myself, that she just didn't have it plugged in <laughs> he was not aware that required a power cord oh my god that's i gotcha i gotcha yeah i gotcha oh <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> poor rhoda yeah oh, well yeah. Did, did she just not see the cord in the box or something or what well i mean in her defense no i i set the whole thing up uh, you know, a, a long time ago, I plugged everything in for her. And then I walked her through how to use the Apple TV. And my mom is not uh, a Luddite by any stretch of the imagination. But these things are ever more complicated. And so she needed to be trained in on it. Once she's trained in, she's fine. But she doesn't necessarily understand the fundamentals of the inputs and the outputs and so on and so forth. So Uh, what had happened was she plugged her digital piano into her outlet the other day and didn't realize that she'd unplugged her Apple TV. When I was trying to determine what the problem was, she looks in back of her TV and sees that the Apple TV has a cord going into her TV. And so she's like, no, it's plugged in, Ah. you know, and she's not realizing that it requires an electrical outlet to be, you know, to plug into as well as an HDMI cable. She doesn't know the difference, you know, um, because they're small, thin, black cords, and there's not a lot of light back there. Uh, and she doesn't know the difference between an appliance like an Apple TV and a USB-powered whatever, nor should she. You know, I mean, they're nearly indistinguishable. So it's not like she's an idiot or anything. It's just uh, difficult enough to troubleshoot those things, let alone when they're not plugged in. You know, with all these musicians making um, little videos and putting it out on Facebook or other platforms i would love to see your mom i wonder would she is that something that would interest her yeah i might be able to get get something like that happening yeah i saw one of the uh uh peterson sisters um was it patty peterson who used to be the or who still is a a huge piano she played piano date i think at uh, dayton's for years and yeah, and um, also she's one of the first ladies of Minneapolis jazz, Twin yeah. Cities jazz. Well, her Devil. sister is amazing as well, and and she was just playing her piano in her living room, 
and she was fantastic. I couldn't believe. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm loving some of these concerts. Yeah, me too. I actually oh. had a friend who plays the piano, but he's, he's not, uh, I mean, his performance was terrible and I'd never seen him play before. I knew he played a little bit of the piano. He was doing a Beatles song, but I loved the quality of his voice. I really loved it. Hmm. Really loved it. That's sweet. Um, yeah. Sally Dworsky and her son put out a beautiful um, song that was a tribute to John Prine. I think it was one of his songs. And ooh, that family harmony, man. Oof. Yeah, nice. So beautiful. Do you guys know Tim Frazick? Yeah, I mean, through, I, I know he's a friend of yours and I've met him before. He's the got a brother, right? And they do a family thing every yeah, year. Paul. They did. Yeah, yeah, the Francis brothers. Yeah, um, yeah. He was a he is a teacher at the Waldorf school, um, ah. and has a big family. And his son Jonah, who goes by the stage name Jonah Murray. Um, oh yeah, you'd said that. Has right. the super world famous popular uh, band called Why Don't We? Um, That's awesome. But they're family singers also, and. Uh, I had this experience with them this Christmas. I um, so did I tell you about my? You guys haven't seen my glass harp setup, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you showed it to us when we were over at your place, and then oh, you yes. threaten you keep threatening to bring it out, but you haven't done it yet. That's right. Well, That's I do right. every Christmas, and I I brought it to a couple of gatherings this Christmas. But um, uh, one of them was that I I. So I was participating before the plague um, in this thing called the uh, Perfection Free Community Singing Group on Saturday mornings, <laughs> which nice. um, it was just a singing circle. And Tim led this, uh, yeah, this singing circle where he we would just do group singing of stuff, rounds and things like that, old timey songs and hymns and things like that. And it was really nice. It was a love fest. Um, but uh, I brought the the glasses at Christmas time there. We did Silent Night and um, uh, a couple other songs. Uh, the, anyway, the, the, the glass harp, it, it, it's basically all these wine glasses mounted on a table with different amounts of water in them. And I've devised this system where you can gather seven people around this little table and and there's a color-coded chart that I've made for a few songs where people play the, the, the color-coded glasses according to the song as as you sing it. You know, so it's kind of like background chords to whatever you're singing. And it's beautiful. Awesome. It's beautiful. Um, but I did it at the, uh, the community sing thing and... Um, um, Tim said, oh, can you, is there any chance that you could come out on Christmas Eve and, and do it with my family? And I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds really fun. So I went out to his place and we all gathered around and did it. And, um, and they fed me and it was, yeah, it was just a, a really nice evening. But as I was leaving, they said, Hey, can we give you a little Christmas present, uh, um, and sing you a song, um, that we do as a family. It's sure. And so all seven of them gathered, got a, surrounded me in a circle and sang this hymn uh, in full, like five part harmony. Um, 
and it was so freaking beautiful. It was amazing, That's and awesome. the, yeah, the the, the like amazing. you say that the family harmony. It was so close and so perfect and so gorgeous, and just looking around at all these beautiful faces and singing to me and smile. And it was Christmas Eve, and yeah, it was. That's amazing. It was amazing. That's my recommendation. I sure miss you guys. Oh, I miss you too. I'm a little bit uh, melancholy. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe next week, if the weather's nice, we can uh, set up outside and uh, do a little, at least see yeah. each other in person. That'd be awesome. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, All right. We'll, well I think that's, uh, we got an hour and 15 minutes, so. <laughs> Big uh, virtual yeah. hug to you. Virtual huggy hugs. Uh, huggy hugs. <laughs> I'm hugging you too. Can we stay on for you guys to have our post show? Sure. Okay. Here's our outro, <laughs> outro music. Goodbye, people of the world. See you. Goodbye. We love you. We love you. We love you. Love you. Love you.